Thank you, Connie. Pretty song. So in unity, we, we study lots of teachings from lots of different masters. And we follow the teachings that are available from the way shower who was the great example rather than the great exception. But many of us grew up believing that Jesus was the great exception, didn't we? Many of us grew up believing that he was born a human being, elevated to his Christhood, and able to do things that were far beyond any of us. And so it's important as we start this conversation today to remember a couple of things. The first is that we see Jesus as the great example rather than the great exception. We understand that the stories that we have of the life of Jesus are meant to be an allegory, a story with hidden wisdom. That these are opportunities for us to learn, opportunities for us to model our lives, opportunities to come to our own Christ itself, our own anointed, holy, centered self. So you know that we started the season of Lent this week and that we're moving towards Easter, and we have about six weeks until we get there, right? So over the next six weeks, we're going to travel that journey together, and we're going to talk about seven different statements that were made during the process of the crucifixion and the resurrection that are important keys to what we need to do to reach our own Christ itself. And so today, we're going to start with that first statement. So I want to set the stage a little bit. So I want you to think about the fact that that a man was born. Actually, he was a baby when he was born. (laughs) A child was born uh, in a small community outside of a large empire, a kind of a brutal empire. And he was born, and as he grew up, He was exposed to a lot of things, and most of those things taught him that there was corruption in the religious system and in the political system in the area where he was growing up. And as he grew up, he developed opinions of his own about the corruption in those systems. And at about 30 years old, he decided that he was going to go out and he was going to speak to this, and he was going to teach what was in his heart what he understood about the holiness and the sacredness of life. And he was going to do it with an open heart and be wide-reaching. And so he went out, and mostly he spoke to people who were marginalized. He spoke about people who were marginalized. And he spoke to people who were marginalized. And in his continued conversation and study and getting to know people, he found a trail of money that led from Galilee to the temple in Jerusalem. And in finding that temple, he got very angry at the the way corruption was expressed. And he went to the temple, and you know what happened there, right? He threw out the money changers, turned over the tables, said, this is not the way we do things around here. And he started speaking even more vehemently And in his aggressive speech, he scared even the religious leaders who birthed his beliefs. And eventually, he was taken into custody, 
and he was tortured and mocked and put to death. But not before he said these words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is a very important statement. So I want to offer you the consideration of the thing you can think of that is the worst thing anybody ever did to you. The very worst thing. And ask yourself, could you say that? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So it's an interesting thing in unity. We, um, uh, how many of you are here visiting for the first time today? A couple of you. Keep your hands up for a minute. Our angels are going to bring you some information about unity. And we appreciate you being here. Yes? Glad you're here. If this is your first exposure to unity, it's kind of an interesting thing to learn how unity perceives things, how we see things. So we see there is one power and one presence, one divine being, and that we emerge from that as the great expression of the divine. We don't see ourselves as separate from the great divine. So here's this this comment, this great statement made by Jesus. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. If we don't see God outside of ourselves, who is he talking to? Hello, anybody there? (laughs) You were here just a minute ago. Who Who is Jesus talking to? To us, yes, to the great heart. Father, forgive them. So when we say we are connected to the power and presence that we all emerge from, that we are all one with this power and presence, there is no separation. We are speaking to a particular kind of being, a particular kind of energetic field that we all emerge from, always. And there are particular qualities to that field of being. What's another word that we could use for God? Mighty spirit, what else? My beloved, what else? Source. Divine mother. Higher self. Presence. Life. How about love? How about love? If this, if we talk to people who've had out-of-body experiences, what do they say? They experienced the deepest, most profound love they had ever experienced, yes? So we know that this field that we emerge from is love. It's love. So when you say the word father, where are you taking yourself? Into the field of love. Can you do the same thing saying mother, source, presence, mighty spirit, higher self, all of those, right? Any name that you want to have for the one power and one presence will take you to that one power and that one presence that you are. When we pray and we claim that name, we call ourselves to that divine presence. Jesus forgave them through his connection to the divine, not personal, but through a connection to the divine. 
By speaking to Father, he gave consent for forgiveness through that connection. Consent to forgive. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I am one with all that is. I forgive from this place of divine connection. Forgiveness exists as uh, as an integral aspect of the holy. You see, the holy doesn't condemn. If the holy doesn't condemn, then the holy doesn't forgive. Right? If the holy doesn't condemn, what does it do? It goes to love. It just is love. From the place of love, we don't have to forgive. We simply let love flow stronger. So this question of how we forgive is really important one. It's the first of seven statements made on this journey. And our ability to move into this is a powerful and important transformative point of being. If we want to take this journey and we want to follow along with the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of coming to your Christ itself, we have to first step into oneness with all power, I am, with our source. So last week I invited you all for the whole month to not speak the word what? Ah, you're not supposed to say it. (laughs) I invited you for a month not to say the word God, to find a different word, a different way. Because when we say God, it takes a lot of us back to our embedded theology, the things that we were taught as a child about God outside of ourselves. And if we have to think about how we're praying, we will pray differently we'll remember who we are, who we really are, that we are the divine expressing. And when we say, Father, Mother, God, move through us, we are calling ourselves into divine expression. We're not speaking to something outside of ourselves. When it's time to forgive, forgive is a consent. In the divine oneness that we are is forgiveness. We don't forgive. There is forgiveness, because deep, pure, true love has no judgment, no condemnation. And when we come to that, it's very important. Now, does that mean that anything anybody does to us goes? No. But think about this, guys. We look to apologize when we feel bad about something, and we expect the person on the other side to do what? Apologize back, don't we? A lot of times we apologize because we need that apology back. Because we need something outside of us to forgive us. Because we've forgotten who we really are. We've forgotten that we're one. We're all one. I and the Father are one. I am, through love, the expression of forgiveness inherently. And when I bring myself to my divine center and I am the one that I am, forgiveness is no longer a topic because I am operating as love. This is a, this is a big thought. It's not a little concept. This is a huge, big thought because we have a story in our society about forgiveness being something we do 
rather than something that is. We believe that we have to forgive others and be forgiven. And it's okay to engage. If you feel, if your heart hurts and you feel you've done the wrong thing, it's okay to say, I'm sorry, I did the wrong thing. Without expectation, because nobody else can forgive you. No amount of word from the other side, from any other person, is going to make you forgiven. The forgiveness comes when you return to an awareness of who you are, to self-love, to immortal, eternal love, and you function from that place, from true awareness of who you are. So does God make mistakes? If I wait long enough, I'll get every possible answer, won't I? Maybe. Right. This is the thing. This technology, this spiritual path that we call unity is not for wussy people. This technology requires you to really get in and get dirty with it. You got to get down in there and ask yourself these questions. If I really believe I am one with God and I make a mistake, am I no longer one with God? Or have I somehow been steered in the wrong direction a little bit? Can I return myself? Does God direct and counter direct? Yeah, good question. This is for you to think about. Because as much as people would love for me to have all the answers, that's not my job. My job is comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Right? My job is to give you something to think about, to chew on, to consider. And my job is to encourage you to make moments of silence, moments of stillness, and to connect with the divine yourself. And in that divine connection, to come to a place of truly knowing who you are, of truly being who you are and functioning from who you are. And it's a big exercise, one that we engage in every day in all that we do. When we get to the point where we express our divine fully every day in all that we do, the question of forgiveness will be, mute, will be moot because we will be expressing as nothing but pure divine love. Every step that we take to look for forgiveness outside of ourselves takes us away from who we truly are. Forgiveness is an inside job. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. This is a beginning point to a journey we're on. And when I encourage you to make time for silence each day, a couple of minutes, half an hour if you have it, an hour even better. However much time you can make, make time to get to know who you really are, to truly find your connection with the divine, to let love become the healing source for you. And as you do that, the answers that you need will come to you easily. 
because all information is available to you. You just have to look for it and listen for it. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about apology and what that does in moving things, how apology works and why it has value. But for now, I'm just going to give you some quotes to think about. Ray Standard Baker says, Looking back, I have this to regret, that too often when I loved, I did not say so. Henry David Thoreau said, Make the most of your regrets. Never smother your sorrow, but tend and cherish it till it comes to have a separate and integral interest. To regret deeply is to live afresh. Amit Kalantri said, if an apology is followed by an excuse or a reason, it means they're going to commit the same mistake again. (laughs) Have you seen that happen, haven't you? Rochelle Goodrich said this, and I'll close with this. A truly humble apology works to part storms, calm rough seas, and bring on the soft lights of dawn. It has the power to change a person's world.